We present I'm Sorry, I Haven't a Clue, the antidote to panel games. At the piano is Leon Cohen and your chairman is Humphrey Littleton. Thank you. Well, we've got two teams tonight to take the euphemism out of panel games. Barry Crowder and Graham Garden. And Timothy Brooke-Taylor and William Rushton. And I'm paid to keep the score, which means they get me pretty cheap. The first round is called A New Musical Story, to distinguish it from the old musical story, which you don't want to hear again. This is a round in which I shall start off a story and then hand it over to a member of one of the teams. And as they take up the story, <laughs> it says here, Leon Code will play a tune. Which is very wise. You don't expect him to just sit there, do you? <laughs> no, the title of the tune that he plays, they must incorporate naturally into the story. They must then hand it over to a member of the opposing team in the same way. The whole thing is thoroughly elegant and gracious. Now, I'm going to throw the opening line of the story to you, Graham Garden. Suddenly the fog lifted and Mary gave a start of surprise. Say frog. Suddenly the frog lifted. <laughs> Pardon? Have it your way. Oh, <laughs> said the frog. <laughs> and Mary gave a start of surprise. <laughs> Out on a hill, an animal stood on its own. Mary and the frog looked through the window, and the animal seemed to be listening. I wonder, said Mary, what the lonely goat heard. <laughs> Which the frog replied. Roll out. The frog replied. The frog replied. The frog replied. He had a toad in his throat. <laughs> Roll out the barrel, he said, and I will wet my whiskers. And then I'll be able to speak properly. For today, I give my maiden speech <laughs> in the House of Commons. <laughs> this is a frog warning. <laughs> oh, you've got to be one jump ahead. Anyway. <laughs> oh, hopeless. Anyway, <laughs> this speech will last 20 minutes, and I wish everybody to hear every moment of it. I shall start like this. Anna. I shall start by kicking both my legs in the air, which will attract attention, said the frog. And then I should exhort the house to give me the moonlight. At this point, thank you. At this point, I may croak due to the lack of fibre in my tonsils and a man in my throat. <laughs> That's what I meant. A lesser version of an earlier joke, but you know what politicians are. But then I shall go back to the Hustings, a lovely couple, and I shall say to them, what this country needs is...
songs like that. <laughs> what the muck they're serving up today. What we need are songs like Any Old Iron and um, Roll Out the Barrel, who was a wonderful woman. <laughs> <laughs> so was Annie Old Iron, too. Annie, of course. Wonderful. Mm. So, here's this bird. Were she to press her lips, to, it's very unlikely that she would. <laughs> and those of you who have kissed frogs will know, not even on the off chance they turn into something, it's most remote. But were I to say to her, look. And I were the only frog. <laughs> Nothing else would matter in the world today, said the frog. At which Mary, her eyes suddenly misted, and she saw before her the frog of her dreams. <laughs> Bending over him, gently, she kissed him on the top of his head. And suddenly... She was, uh, she was leaning on a lamppost um. at the corner of the street, which is the way she made most of her living. <laughs> She explained to the magistrate, <laughs> I kissed the frog. How was I to know it was going to be a print when she woke up next morning? <laughs> There's a version there somewhere. And the magistrate replied, Madam, am I expected to believe this? Because I have lived for a long time in... <laughs> and as a magistrate in Neesden, I often used to say to defendants, picture you upon my Neesden and picture the fate that can, in fact, thank you very much, better late than never, picture the fate that can overcome you. The country is in a state of decadence on all sides. We see morals decaying, standards debased. What is going to happen to this country? Are we all going to... Bloody unlikely. <laughs> then he remembered the words of his old Chinese singing teacher, <laughs> who he had personally garroted, so rotten was he. <laughs> Better a frog in the throat than a toad in the hole. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> Tim and Willie, 12 points, and Graham and Barry, only three. It's disgraceful. Oh. <laughs> this is where I introduce a round that's played at the end of the programme, uh, so that the teams can have time to think of silly names for people arriving at the pharmacist's ball. The pharmacist's ball. And those of you listening at home might like to think up some names of your own to apply to this programme. Anyway, the next game is called A Right Pair. And in this round, one team pretends to be a pair of something, pepper and salt, or Muir and Norton, or whatever. Although whatever isn't a pair, I didn't see. They give the other team a clue, and they have ten questions to guess the answer. It's your turn, Barry and Graham, to help the other side to earn a few points. Meanwhile, the board is being shown to our audience. Barry and Graham are cash and carry. Cash and carry. <laughs> 
most of whom read the words on it so loud that I don't imagine this round is going to go on for very long. Uh, Graham will define himself. Uh, yes, yes. I I'm the first of the pair. I'm mineral. And I'm sort of abstract, really. <laughs> are you solid, Graham? Pretty. Hmm. I know you're pretty, but are you solid? <laughs> It's about, it's about. <laughs> Would I eat you? <laughs> no. Oh, God. <laughs> Would I wear you? No. Could I suffer from the abstract? Acutely. Uh, no, not unduly, no. I don't think so That's at all. That's a comfort in this day and age. <laughs> Seven to go. Um... The two of you together weren't terribly funny, so... No. No, so it's quite uh, Did you try to be, as a pair? <laughs> no. No, no, no. Uh, no. Very straight one, this. Down goes Mike and Bernie Winters, then. <laughs> oh, I don't know. <laughs> if it's mineral and abstract, could it be piss and wind? <laughs> suffer acutely from the abstract. That's right, and I do. It could be piss and wind, but it isn't. Well, you've had four, but I think it's over hurry along, so I'll say you've had could seven. we have a slightly... we have a clue of some sort? Both words begin with the same letter. Shopping. Cod and chips. <laughs> Fish and fips. Cotton, uh, chips, cotton chips is right in the... The procedure um, undergone in the purchase of cotton chips is in fact germane to this um, subject. Ah! Uh, ah! 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 How about cash and carry? Uh, ah! Ah! Oh, I think taking this too seriously. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Tim and Willie, after that laborious effort, uh, it's your turn and once again the audience will be shown your subject on the board and Tim and Willie are swallows and Amazons swallows and Amazons slightly dirty racy slightly risque and I should be in intrigued to see who takes which part in this one um, <laughs> oh a clue a clue uh -huh. will you define yourselves please animal Yes, that'll do. Animals. animals will help you further. Um, yes, to help me more. Um, I'm animals, um, with one missing. <laughs> one what missing? Are they human animals? One is. One is. I am. I'm not. I'm not. You're getting warm, Tim and Willie. <laughs> But it's Barry and Graham who are doing the guessing. Will you would like to ask them some more questions? Uh, right, animals. You'd better give them a clue. Uh, yeah. Willie flies a bit, and uh, it's also an action. And you've got one missing. Cock and ball. <laughs> um, I'm sort of, I'm, I'm I think we give the same kind of clue that I gave you. They both start with different letters. <laughs> Yeah, right oh, that's a bit of a giveaway, that. Um, 
Uh, I don't know. Groups of animals. Groups I, of animals. Is, is the word for the group of animals a, um, a word like herd or flock, or is it the name of the animals involved? A silly question. <laughs> Beautifully put. It's just, uh, just animals. I mean, there they are. Birds and bees. That's what I think it's like. No, no, no. no. Uh. Ah. Yeah, that's very surprisingly close when you hear the answer. Birds and bees, yes. Do mine whistle? I can't remember. Golf. <laughs> I don't know, Willie. <laughs> <laughs> Give us a tune and let's Follows see. Follows and Amazon. Oh, we go on to the blues run, and as this is the last program in the series, I'm going to introduce uh, an additional rule here, and that is that I shall deduct 100 marks for any of the teams who start their blues with the words, woke up this morning. <laughs> Barry and Graham, will you give Willie and Tim a, a subject for their blues, please? Yes, we'd like to hear the inflation blues, please. Regain your composure, and then if you'll give Barry and Graham a subject for their blues, please. The nudist camp blues. <laughs> You know what I mean. Well, <laughs> we'll all be waiting now to hear what the score is, and I took the precaution just before we went on the air to jot down that Tim and Willie have scored 83, <laughs> and Graham have scored 74. 
Right, we come now to the round which is called Bedtime Story. For this round, I want one of the members of a team to make up a bedtime story. And from time to time, he'll give his partner a signal for a suitable sound effect to reinforce the dramatic effect of the narrative. For extra excitement, the person doing the effects will be wearing headphones with music playing to prevent him from hearing the story. And we have a table, a table with sound effects right out here by this central microphone. And Willie and Tim, who's going to tell the story and who's going to do the sound effects? Um, I'm going to do sound effects. This is Tim. That speaking. leaves me telling the story. <laughs> so, with Tim to do the sound effects, Willie Rushton, will you tell a story about a dragon, a wooden leg, and a circular saw? <laughs> Not that fine, but that's not. <laughs> it was raining wooden legs. And Arnold, the friendly dragon, was sitting outside his cave. Doing something naughty. circular saw. The circular saw was a prize in a wonderful contest which the dragon was going to enter. You were to be fired from a cannon over Lord Goodman. <laughs> well, as you can hear, he made it. Admittedly, he fell on a Swiss gnome and broke a leg. <laughs> but he was given a wooden one. <laughs> With a built-in ejection seat. <laughs> but there he sat with his nasty habit, his wooden leg, and his circular saw outside his cave. And every night he used to... We'll tell you about it afterwards. <laughs> now, uh, Graham is coming out to do the sound effects for the other team. <coughs> please, Barry, behind to tell the story. Graham, will you put it on the headphones, please? Barry, will you tell a story about a little girl, a big boy, and a balloon? <laughs> You've been reading my mail again. Now, <laughs> there was once a little girl called Charity. Charity Biggins was her full name. And she used to like... <laughs> There, if you look for the missus, she used to like playing with her balloon in the street. Down at the other end of the street, number 47, remember this, I'll be asking questions later, number 47 lived a little boy called Ronald. And Charity used to love to play with Ronald. They used to... ...play at adjudicating football matches. Charity wasn't like other girls. She'd always wanted to be a football referee, and Ronald, being desperately in love with her, had always encouraged this ambition. 
charity he used to say you may become a football association referee and you'll know the joy of being abused and spat upon and <laughs> when you come out of grounds people will go <laughs> but you won't <laughs> then one day may dawn the day of the cup final charity and they'll call it the F.A. Charity Cup, after you, and you'll walk out onto that pitch, and oh, the roar when that first goal is scored, but then maybe the first offence, and you'll have to say to one of the players, <laughs> which is, of course, contained in the new F.A. rulebook, and furthermore, if there's any more of that, you will go off the field into the dressing room, and... <laughs> Swallow your pride. <laughs> I may only get a three-match suspension. Otherwise, otherwise, unless you've run out of sound effects, you naughty player, you may finish up as a father of a large family. <laughs> Thank you, Barry and Graham. We go on to the round, which is, uh, it says here, a musical round, and it's called Opera, and I want you teams in order to sing a snatch of grand opera from a selected passage from a couple of well-known, probably not so well-known, publications. Who wants to go first? As it's they the last program, you can choose. You can feel it. Tim and Willie, you want to go first. Beyond Cohen is going to provide the operatic introductions to Tim and Willie singing from uh, the uh, book called Yoga for Health. <laughs> Or cross-legged position. Rest hands on knees, on knees, or on floor behind. Behind. Use abdominal muscles to contract. Abdomen as far as possible and hold. For a second. Ah! Oh. <laughs> Attempt to snap a dome in out in a forceful movement. Repeat. Without pause. Without pause. Repeat. Without pause. Repeat. Without pause. Repeat. Without pause. Repeat. Without pause. Perform ten times. Ten times. <laughs> In groups of ten. Repeating groups of ten. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, thank you, Tim and Willie. Now, Graham and Barry, your libretto is from The Highway Code. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
when indicators or stoplights are not fitted. Or are faulty. <laughs> also for use by pedal cyclists and those in charge of horses. I want to go straight on. I want to turn left. I want to turn right. I want to turn left. I want to turn right. Turn left. Turn right. Turn left. Turn right. Left. Right. Left. Right. Left. Right. Left. Right. Left. Right. Left. Right. Give me some man. Well, this is the time in the program when I tiptoe away to the computer room at the BBC to work out the final score for the entire series. Meanwhile, the teams will give us their announcements for the late arrivals at the pharmacist's ball. And who's going to start? From Wales, Mr. and Mrs. Tement and their son, Owen Tement. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, please. The distinguished Irish actor, T.C.P. McKenna. <laughs> the old via forms with a hideously bound child in terror of via forms. <laughs> Will you welcome, please, Mr. and Mrs. Tuff and their mama Tuff. <laughs> Sorry you had to leave so soon. <laughs> from Arabia. Shake well before using. <laughs> Welcome please, Mr. and Mrs. Royds and their daughter, Emma. <laughs> a warm hand and a brown paper bag, please. <laughs> Daughter Emma Tick. <laughs> well, at this point, ladies and gentlemen, we come rapidly to the rescue of the teams. I've been working out the final scores for the series. Cabaret time, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> if I can get away with it. We welcome, please, Prin the Dissolving Donkey. <laughs> Yeah! Meanwhile, ladies and gentlemen, there are some people who are waiting to hear the final score. <laughs> and I think it'll surprise you. 12,864 to the ladies, three to the gentlemen. <laughs> And we shall be back with you again if you don't watch out. So until then, from the teams and myself, goodbye.
William Rushton, Graham Garden, Barry Cryer and Tim Brooke Taylor were being given silly things to do by Humphrey Littleton, with Leon Cohen setting some of them to music. Production was by John Castles. Thank <laughs> you.